Well, good morning and welcome to Press Church. My name is Sean Lee and I'm the lead pastor here. Uh, for those of you that are also watching online, welcome. It's good to be with you today. Uh, i first like to say, uh, just give a happy Veterans Day weekend to all of you. I don't know if we have any veterans in the room. I know we have a couple veterans in the room, but I just wanna thank you for your service. Could we give a round of applause to all those veterans here today, maybe those watching online. Uh, we appreciate uh, your service and what you've done for this country, and um, we honor you this weekend. Uh, if you are with us this morning, we have a QR code that you can take out your phone and get your uh, little camera app and, and see all the things that is happening here at Press Church. That is our link to uh, not only what's coming up, but there's links to uh, do a couple other things. You can get baptized, sign up for a group, sign up to serve, a bunch of things through this QR code. I do want to highlight there's a couple things, just like last week, I need, your, I need your attention. I know we like to zone out for announcements. I need your attention. All right. Next week, we are doing baptisms. If you have not gotten baptized yet, please let us know if you have made a decision to follow Jesus and have not um, been baptized. This is a great opportunity to share uh, just the change in your own heart, the change in your life, uh, this decision to follow Jesus. So next Sunday, um, please let me know. I will be at the Connect Desk after service. I'd be happy to uh, give you information on that and get you all set up for that. Next week also, so we have a big week next week, baptisms and Next Sunday night, we have a family game night. So whole family, come out, play some games with us. It can be from 5 to 7, some snacks provided. Uh, come and just hang out. Have some fun. Get away. Uh, like I said, kid-friendly, family-friendly. It's going to be a great time. That's next Sunday. So big Sunday. Be ready for that. Um, the other thing, and my wife made sure to tell me to, to say this, uh, November 26th, Sunday, November 26th, that's not this coming Sunday, next Sunday, we are going to stick around after service for Christmas decorations. So if you are somebody that wants to help with Christmas decorations, there is a sign-up that will be by the Connect desk, and you can put your name down, and we would love for you to come help us uh, Chris, I was going to say Christmasify. Is that a word? Christmas? It's just not. I just made it up. Christmasify the church. Uh, basically, put up Christmas decorations. Um, so yes, if you would like to help with that, there is a, a there will be a sign up in the connect table after service. Also, last one. All right. We are doing a toy drive in partnership with our Delaware Dream Center, uh, the partners the Delaware Dream Center. We are doing a toy drive. So if you see in the lobby, there's a, a place to put toys. It's been in the weekly emails. Uh, we are going to be doing this through the first week of December. So we have a couple weeks still. Uh, but if you could, make sure, grab an extra gift. Um, and if you need details on that, we can give you any more extra details. But we're doing that. Um, they're trying, oh man, I'm going to, I'm going to, butcher this. They have a certain amount that they're trying to get to. I think like 170 toys or something like that. But I know we can make a huge dent in that. Uh, so if you want to help do that, bring in a toy, drop it in the box, and we will celebrate together uh, what they're able to do. Uh, if you're not familiar, the Delaware Dream Center is one of the partners that we work with uh, consistently. Monday nights, we give out groceries with them. And so I do want to encourage you, if that's something that you have been wanting to do and have never done, please talk to us, because we'd love for you to help give out groceries on Monday night. It's a great opportunity, uh, family-friendly as well, that you can get out and just help serve uh, people in our community. So. That is everything. Baptisms, game night, Christmas decorations, toy drive. We got it? We good? Thumbs up? Come on, we, it's, it's 1045, people. Come on, we can be awake. We can be awake. You guys have to get up earlier for work than this. Come on, we got this. All right, 
In God We Trust. We have been working through this series, In God We Trust. And, and today's message is going to be a natural follow-up to the message from last week. If you hopefully were able to be here in person or watch online, that's another great thing. If you miss a Sunday, everything's on YouTube. We stream through you know, major, major streaming services. You can catch up if you didn't get to catch it. But this week is, is really a follow-up, and it's, it's really that both of these are about really the theme of time. How am I spending my time? You know, what, what's getting in the way of time with God? We talked last week about distractions. So that, that's really the question. Does the way that I spend my time reinforce my trust in God? Now, it's probably not a question that we think about often, but does, does the, the way that I spend my time, the things that I do in my time, reinforce my trust in God? Now, every week um, here at Press, our teaching team, we get together and we jump in a car and we drive around and we talk about the message for the day. So I'm going to invite you to watch the screens for this video. The things that we're doing to rest aren't actually restful. Right. Um, they're distracting, as we talked about distraction just you know, last week. They distract us, but they actually don't. Um, they don't provide. They don't refill rest. our tanks. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. I mean, that, that's really what rest is about. Mm-hmm. It's about refilling our tanks. And I think at the end of the day, you know, we're talking. It, it's in God we trust. Question mark. Right. <laughs> so, like, are are we looking to God for that rest? Right. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, yeah. well, there's a lot of things. That we'll do in this life, that I take a vacation or whatever we yeah. get, refining rest yeah. or whatever. Recharge. Right. Yeah. And it's, that isn't actually trusting God mm-hmm. with your your time and your, your moments, yeah. you know, uh, the, that uh, ability to just step into what God has for you, even mm-hmm. if it means doing nothing, you know? Yeah. We don't know how to do nothing. Right. I mean, we know how to accomplish nothing. Right. Yes. But we don't know how to do nothing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. Yes. Well, I do think there's a thing where, you know, we have talked about money because yep. money really reveals yep. the heart, right? Yep. And a lot of times in this life, we are working so that we have more stuff, more money, mm-hmm. and so that we can feel more in control and mm-hmm. we have we can do life the way we want to do it. Mm-hmm. And all of that stuff, it points to the heart. Yeah. And when we talk about it, it pokes things out right. when we talk about, well, you know, it should be a God first when it comes to your finances right. and then all things lead out from that. Right. Mm-hmm. I- including your time and, mm-hmm. and your work and all yep. of those kind of things. Yep. And, uh, man, that reveals a lot about where we're at with things. And oh, yeah. we don't like it. You know? Yeah. Well, and that's, we've been saying since the first week that really what we're asking you to do is to, de- is to audit yourself mm-hmm. and to kind of look at some things and then develop these disciplines that are counterintuitive mm-hmm. that, that, because it forces you to trust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and anytime you can put yourself in a position where you have to trust God, you're going to grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so, but you've got to put yourself in that position. We can't do it for you. Right. Yeah. You but that's the thing, and that, and that requires that you know answer that question. Do you trust God enough? Yeah. To. Yep. To believe that some of the things that He encouraged us to do, or the things that we see in Scripture, are actually going to produce those things in us, or produce the good. Right. Um. And, and I think. You know, I wrestle with this too because, like, I, 
the, when you read scripture and, and look into what God's asking you, the, the result doesn't necessarily, um, equal the, the life that I think Love I you. want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and so giving away that control or mm-hmm. that perceived control, yeah. what we talked about the first week, that perceived control, of I'm in control and I can do this. It, it's a little scary because you, you're, you're trusting God with how your life is going to go out. Right. That, that's a that's a hard thing to work through right yeah I mean and talking about like even Sean in the earlier weeks you talked about tithing right yeah right and tithing is a tenth yes and it was a, a practice of giving away the first tenth in, that that you know yes uh, first fruits of, yeah, yeah right that the Hebrew people that's where it comes from and what I find interesting is now you know people dig into it and they're like well that was meant for them at that yeah. time and right. stuff like that. yeah yeah wonderful excuse when you yes. get to the point of where yep. yeah the, you're not really you don't, you don't have, have to, to yeah. tithe and it's like yeah, yeah okay fine yeah. but what does it say when you're looking for reasons not to give God your first fruits yeah and yep. if it should feel a little bit kind of painful <laughs> on some level if you're not if you're not yeah. giving a, uh, to God what is his rightful mm. thing in the first place right. mm. you know a tenth of something a tenth of your income uh, for a lot of people that's like well you know I gotta you know I gotta make sure I'm driving my eighty thousand yeah. dollar car I yeah, gotta yeah, make yeah, sure yeah. I'm yeah, right. you know mm-hmm. have my vacations and stuff yeah. like that it's yep. like Yep. Man, to think about giving God mm-hmm. something first, yeah, and making that sacrifice, and then trusting that He's gonna give you what you actually need. Yeah, maybe the things that you're working so hard for right. aren't the things you actually need. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah God is definitely more interested in our holiness than our happiness, mm. and and that means. And the question is, are we gonna trust Him to move toward that, and the, and to be okay with holiness? not necessarily happiness. Hmm. Yeah, that's tough. Um, as I said before the video, this is pretty, very much a follow-up to last week, and it's really about us uh, looking at our time and our attention. Just like money, time is a resource that we are encouraged to steward. And so really the question is, are we stewarding the time that God has given us? Are you stewarding your time well? Uh, last week's focus was around the fact that, that trust is a key component uh, of a healthy relationship. Right? Like we, we talk about, in, in, a, in a healthy relationship, there's going to be trust. And it's only through intentional time and attention that you actually build trust. And so we work through the idea that, that we have distractions in our lives that are keeping us from this needed time. And, and because we're distracting ourselves from this needed time, in turn, we actually lack trust in God. Because you haven't put that time in to build that trust with him. And so what does it look like to actually set a rhythm of rest in our lives? What it, not just saying I'm going to get rid of distractions, but what does it actually look like to have a rhythm of, of rest? <coughs> Excuse me. And believe it or not, the Bible actually speaks to this. If you have your Bibles or a Bible app, I want you to open to Genesis 1. So do it. Get your Bible app. This is not a. This is not going to be on the screen, so you don't get to cheat. You have to get your. You have to get either your your Bible out or get the app out. And I want you to look. I want you to look at something for me. This is good. You guys are actually like engaging. Usually you're just lazy and waiting for me to put it up on the screen. You're like I don't bring my Bible to church anymore. So I want you to look through Genesis one. 
And I want you to see, I want you to look at the end of each day. There's a phrase that repeats itself after each day. I want you to look at it. And check verse 5, verse 8, verse 13. It's not God said that it was good. That is in there. That's repeated multiple times. It's not, there's, a, there's a phrase that's repeated at the end of every day. Anybody see it? Probably think this is, you're probably afraid to say it because it's like, but it's every, after, after every day, there's a phrase that is said. There was evening and there was morning. Does anybody else, like, feel this is backwards? You ever think about that? There was evening and there was morning? Isn't usually there was morning and there was evening? I mean, that's how we talk about it. It's like, well, I started the day, got up in the morning, and then, you know, you got, there was, this is saying there was evening and there was morning. But I love this. There's a pattern here. There was evening, rest, and then there was morning, time for work. There was evening, rest, there was morning, time for work. Even in the creation narrative, we begin to see this, this rhythm of rest, starting our day with rest. We see this pattern, six days, rest, then work, rest, then work. Six days, God working, God creating, right? Starting with rest, then working. And then we get to Genesis chapter 2. After six days of working and creating, the resting, then working, we get Genesis chapter 2, starting in verse 1. It says this, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all of his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he all the work of creating that he had done. So, first question that comes to mind: Did God need to rest? Was he tired? <laughs> no. Why does it say that he rested? Why would that be part of that narrative? Was he like, oh man, this is a lot. Give me a day. I need a day. No. So much of the creation narrative, you really dig into it, is showing God giving order to disorder. If you look through Genesis 1, it's, it's order to disorder. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was what? Formless and void. The, the, the word, I think it's, I don't have this in my notes. I'm going to say this off, off memory. I think it's uh, tohu vavohu is the Greek there, and it's like waste. It's like empty waste. It's, it's disorder. So in the beginning, God created order. He created, he took disorder and created order, and we see this very thing. He is creating order. He is creating pattern. He is creating rhythm, and in that rhythm, there is rest. This word rest, he rested. This word rest here is translated from the Hebrew word Shabbat. In English, we say Sabbath. God Sabbathed. He rested. He created time for rest. He put in place a rhythm and a pattern of rest. I actually love this. If you look at the definition of Sabbath here, it literally says to cease and desist. God sent a cease and desist to work. He said, I'm not doing it. Send work, a cease and desist, stop, rest, 
take time away. Sabbath in the Jewish tradition is a 24-hour period of time. It starts at sunset on Friday night and goes till dark on Saturday evening. And it is a dedicated time of rest. Now, I usually like to lay out, you know, the practical struggles that, that we deal with in our everyday life and that potentially get in the way of, of us living out what Scripture says. I, I have a feeling I don't really have to convince you guys uh, or give you a whole lot of things to convince you that as a society, we don't rest very well. Most of us work more than we want to. We're busy. We're constantly doing something. I mean, we definitely have lazy people, <laughs> but we don't necessarily have well-rested people. How many of us would be like, yes, I just have too much rest in my life? <laughs> no. <laughs> we don't. And yet, and yet we downplay the, the very pattern, this very rhythm that God has shown us and given us to find rest. And science does even back this up. There's all sorts of studies that show that work productivity drops significantly after about 50 to 55 hours. About six days of work. After that, it drops off significantly. Is that you can put in 80 to 90 hours and you're not going to do much more work than that 50 to 55 hours. Can we trust the rhythm that God has shown us? Can we actually do the rhythm that God has shown us? Now, I want to fast forward now to the next book of the Bible. We're in Genesis. I want to go to Exodus. And in Exodus, we see uh, the Israelites have been in captivity for hundreds of years. And they were slaves. And all they had done for hundreds of years is they've worked. They've been worked, and they've worked, and they worked. Scripture mentions that they, they made bricks, right? There's, they were making bricks over and over and over again. They were working and working, and their value and their worth was literally in how well they did that, how well they made bricks, how many bricks they made in a day. Hundreds of years reinforcing the idea that if you can't produce, you are of no value. Sound familiar? So many times we often fall into the same mind pattern. I'm only as good as what I produce, as how much I make. And so we work, and we work, and we strive, and we strategize, and try to convince those around us that we are good enough, that we are worthy, that we're valuable because of what I do. And we pride ourselves in our busyness. We do this all the time. We pride ourselves in our busyness. Hey, how's it going? Slammed. Oh, super busy, man. Oh, this week. Crazy as always. That's, that's, the, that's the common phrase, right? That's, that's what we're, we're always doing. We're busy, and it's like a badge of honor, right? It's like this trophy. I'm busy, which means I must be valuable. I must be worth something. Because if I'm not doing, I'm not valuable. And that goes to the very core of who we are. We want to be valuable. We want to be loved. We want to be accepted. 
And so I think, not only for myself, somebody else needs to hear this today, it's my first slide, your value does not come from what you make, but who you are. That's a tough one to live out, right? Because a lot of us, we we don't feel very valuable on our own. We feel valuable by what we produce, by what we do. Here at Press, we, we're all about helping people embrace their identity in Christ. If you've been here at all, you've heard us say, embracing your identity in Christ. And part of that, one element of that, is knowing that your value isn't tied to your income. It's not tied to your job title or how many hours you worked this week. It's not a badge of honor to say, well, you know, I was working 60 hours this week, or I put in 70. Okay, good for you. Way to be overworked. I'm glad that that is the value that you put on yourself, just how much time you have worked. And I can, I I say this, I've done the same thing. I think because I'm busy, I'm more valuable. Taking Sabbath helps remind us of where our identity comes from and who our trust is in. A series about trusting God. In God we trust. Taking Sabbath actually helps remind us that our identity is not in what I produce. My identity is not how how much I got done that week. My identity is is shaped by, by who my trust is in. And when we break Sabbath, when we don't Sabbath, we're actually going against this very rhythm that God has put in place for us. We're going against something good that was created for us to help us, to help us thrive, to help us be healthy, both physically and mentally and spiritually. Sabbath isn't just another rule to be held over your head. It's literally for your own good. Mark 2, 23 through 28, we get a look into this. It says, one Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? He answered, have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abiathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is, un- which is lawful only for the priest to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. The Sabbath is for you. It's not something to say, oh, you're not doing it right, you're bad. You're not doing it right, you're bad. So so often we, we, we treat our walk with Christ like this. Like, oh, you missed the mark. Oh, you missed the mark. Oh, you missed the mark. You're not good. You're not good. You're not good. And we miss that some of these things that God has put in place for us are for our very own good. It's not to make you feel bad about yourself. It's not to show you like, oh, you're terrible. It's for your good. It's to help you. Can we trust that his his ways are good for us? 
that his instruction is healthy for us. Yes, taking a Sabbath is inconvenient. Yes, you will have to cut something out to make it happen. Yes, it takes discipline and intentionality. Yes, Pastor Sean isn't best at it either. Yes, it's hard. But it's good. Remember last week we were talking about Mary and Martha. What, what was that thing? She chose what was better. Mary chose what was better, what was good. We talked about it with this, this distractions. How do we start choosing the good? How do we start choosing what is better? How do we start putting rhythms in place in our lives that cultivates trust in God? Sabbath, a rhythm, a pattern to rejuvenate us, to give us life, to help us. So I've mentioned why we should Sabbath. I mentioned why it's important. And what I'd like to do is I would like to spend the last section of our time together with four thoughts that I believe can help you shape your Sabbath. Four thoughts. And the first one is this. Stop. 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 Stop working. I know it's simple, right? <laughs> oh, that's a new idea. Maybe, maybe this week, every time you see a stop sign, you make like a mental note. Oh, I need, to, I need to stop at some point this week. Stop working. Put the phone on. Turn your phone off. I know that's crazy. You know your phones have an off button? I don't know if you knew that. You can actually turn your phone off, and it'll turn back on, and everything will still be there. It's like saved in the cloud or something. <laughs> Stop. This is like the first thing. Find time to stop. The second one, rest. Do something that is restful. Take a nap. I know the parents in here laugh. Yes, I know. It's possible, parents. I have three kids all seven years and under. It is possible to take a nap. It is hard, yes. You might wake up to a mess, yes. Or they might watch more TV than you want them to. It is possible. Rest. Now, this isn't being lazy, okay? Let's, I want to make a distinction. Being restful is not being lazy. How many times did you get done binge-watching Netflix and say, man, I just feel so rested. I'm ready to work. I'm ready to take on the world. No, it's usually like, oh my gosh, I feel worse about myself. Why did I just spend four hours doing that? Or six hours or eight hours? Or why did I spend my whole Saturday watching this terrible show or movies? Like, it's not restful. It's distracting. It's, it's stimulating in a way, but it's, it's not rest. Slow down. Rest. Take breaths. The third one is this is really important. Rejuvenate. Do something that fuels you. Rejuvenate. Maybe for you, it's hiking. Maybe for you, it's, it's going on a run. 
Maybe it's working in your garden. Maybe it is watching a movie with a friend. Maybe it's being with people. Maybe it's making dinner for somebody. What rejuvenates you? And the last is worship. This one might seem a little weird. Worship. There should be time taken that acknowledges God in your life. What has he done? Who is he? How am I thankful? Sabbath is actually one of the few disciplines that we see actually found as a commandment in Scripture. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. We keep it holy when we keep it centered on the one who gave it to us. Maybe for you, worship is just going outside and looking at the beautiful fall colors and get it in before the gray comes because we know that's coming too. What is worshipful time to you? Maybe it's music. Maybe you, you worship through music. Well, turn on some music and just worship God. Maybe it's woodworking. Maybe it's knitting. Maybe you worship through that. Find time to think about God. Don't just make it about you. Keep it holy, right? Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Worship God. What, what if you had these weekly rhythms that you remembered who God is in your life, that you stopped, that you refreshed, that you refueled? Imagine how that would change your outlook on life, how that would, how that would help you in your coming week. Newsflash, coming to church on Sunday is not Sabbath. It can be a piece of Sabbath, maybe. But it's not Sabbath in and of itself. And what's crazy is most of us, we find it hard to even get to church every week. I'm not here to judge, but it's like, we, if, if we can't even cut out an hour of our weekend, how are we actually going to Sabbath? If we want to grow in our faith, if we want to actually trust God, it's going to take our time. It's going to take our attention. It's going to take intentionality. It's going to take focus. It's going to be cutting something out potentially. It's going to be choosing between option A or option B. And, and how we choose that does affect us. It affects, affects how we grow. It affects what is shaping us. We mentioned, we talked about that last week. What is shaping you? What do you spend the most time doing? That's shaping you. Are you praying? When was the last time you actually stopped and just prayed? Or maybe just stopped and said, God, I just want to listen. I'm going to sit here in silence and I'm just going to listen. 
We complain about not hearing God, or we, we complain about not knowing what to do, and yet we don't take action. We, just, we don't even take the time to stop. Time is a resource that we are encouraged to steward. Just like money, we're talking about money. We are given these things. These are gifts, good things. And, and, and we are given the opportunity to steward them. Can we trust that the patterns and the rhythms that God has put in place for us will help us build that trust? And do we trust that these patterns, patterns and rhythms will lead to good in our lives? And I think that's, that's the tough part that I think we are going to have to wrestle with is because when, it, when push comes to shove, I don't know if I trust them that much. I don't know if I take Sabbath, if I'll be able to get enough work done to make the kind of money that I want to make. If I, I, I don't trust God enough that if I do give, if I even tithe or give money, that, that I'm gonna have what I need. We each have to audit these things in our lives, our time, our resources. And it's in following what he has said that we build that trust. It's in following what he said that we grow in our faith. And that's, that's why we're here. We're here to grow. We're here to help other people grow. We're here to embrace our identity in Christ. And when we embrace our identity in Christ, we know I am not what I make, I am not how much I produce. I am a child of God that is loved. He loves you. Not because of how much you do, because of who you are and whose you are. Stop, rest, rejuvenate, worship. Let's pray. God, we thank you for, for this time together. And I, I, God, I pray that you would bless this time, that in this, uh, that us taking this time together, that you would bless it and, and it would cause fruit in our lives, that it would, it, would, it would grow our trust even now. And God, I, I pray that each of us can, can uh, take some time this week to think about how we can add these things in our life, that we can take time to stop that we can take time to rest, that we can take time to rejuvenate, do something that, that fuels us, God, and that we can take time just to worship you because, uh, because we love you, because we're thankful. And we can recognize all that you do for us. God, we are thankful. Thank you for this time together, for, for your community of believers, for what you are doing in the church that you are growing. May our trust grow each day. May we put our faith solely in you. It's your name we pray. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand and join us as we...